You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular podcast offered online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So thanks so much for tuning in today. We've got an awesome show today talking about stock beta and underlying asset correlations. And you're probably thinking to yourself, whoa, Kirk, what are we going to be talking about today? Sounds really high level, like I need a degree from MIT. But I'm going to try to break it down for you guys so that you understand this whole concept of managing a portfolio and using beta as a great way to manage your positions, but also to hedge other positions in your portfolio. And so by the end of this podcast, I want you guys to understand this like you've never understood it before. And so that's really my goal. So let's kind of break down exactly what we're going to do today. First, we're going to do a quick review of what beta is and how it really works. Then we're going to talk about beta weighting your portfolio and what that really means. And we're going to also look at how a beta weighted portfolio helps you make smarter decisions on how much you should or shouldn't trade. And that's actually a key point. Sometimes it it lets you know when you shouldn't be making a trade. And then we're going to look at some underlying asset correlations in oil, technology, and social media and how to hedge different parts of your portfolio with asset pairs. And we're going to look at a specific example that we just did with the oil sector. And then finally, we're going to talk about this delta neutral fantasy that's out there and some tips on hedging and or overhedging and underhedging your portfolio and how you can use beta to help do that. And then finally, we're going to go into a really good example in the closing bell later on with an IWM short premium beta weighted trade that we're going to look at. Okay, so we'll look at a, a real example after going through all of this stuff like we always do in the closing bell. So the first thing that we want to talk about tonight is what is beta and really how does it work? So if you don't know or haven't been familiar with beta, all beta is is a means to find out where a stock might go in relation to the market. So beta is a figure that you can get and beta calculated at a number of one, so just the first number one, indicates that whatever stock you're looking at will move more or less in lockstep with the market. So in this case, we always use when we're using beta calculations, most betas for stocks are calculated to move in relation to the S&P 500 or SPX. The reason that betas move in relation to that market is because the S&P is considered to be the premier portfolio efficient market. So we always are going to judge beta off of the S&P. So again, if a stock has a beta of one, that means that every time the S&P moves up by 1%, that stock should move up by 1% as well. That also means that if the S&P goes down by 1%, that that stock will go down by 1%. It'll track the market almost exactly. If you look at a stock that has a beta less than one, that means that it's going to be less volatile than the actual market. So if a stock has a beta of, for example, say 0.5, that means that it will take half of the move of the S&P 500. So again, if the S&P 500 goes up by 1% 
and you have a stock with a beta of 0.5, that stock may go up by only a half a percent. It'll still go in the same direction as the market, but it will have a less volatile move and the move will be a shorter magnitude. Okay, and so obviously you can see there's a lot of differences between that. Now, if you have a stock that actually has a beta greater than one, so a stock that has maybe a beta of two, then that means that every time that the market goes up by 1%, then that stock is gonna go up by 2%. So it's gonna be almost 100 times more volatile than the actual market. And that also means if the market goes down by 1%, then your stock may go down by 1%, okay? So you can see that beta is a really good judge of, of seeing how a particular stock is gonna move in relation to the actual kind of broad market. Now, of course, we also have negative beta. So sometimes we'll see a stock that has a negative beta, meaning that if the market goes up and you have a stock that has a negative one beta, that means every 1% increase in the market, you'll see a 1% decrease in that stock and vice versa. So again, this is a good way to look at things because if you have a portfolio that's really, really long the market and kind of beta weighted long, then you can add particular stocks that will help kind of neutralize the impact of the market going higher or lower against your portfolio. So it's a really, really good example of using beta in your portfolio and you can see how powerful it can become if you use it the right way. So let's actually look at just maybe one or two examples just to give you guys an idea of some betas that are out there. And let's actually use, uh, let's use Facebook as one example. So inside any of your broker platforms, if you go to the trade tab or kind of the analyze tab for a particular stock, you'll be able to find the actual beta. And we do a video tutorial on finding beta that I'll link to in the show notes. You'll just have to go to optionalpha.com slash show 13. Again, that's optionalpha.com slash show 13, just the number 13. Now, when we pull up Facebook, Facebook actually has a beta of 1.06. So what that means is that more or less, Facebook is gonna track the S&P 500 almost exactly, and maybe just a little bit more volatile than the market. So that 0.06 means it's gonna be just a little bit more volatile than the actual market. Now, if we look at something like Priceline, ticker symbol PCLN, Priceline actually has a beta of 1.6. So it's gonna be almost 60% more volatile in either direction as compared to the overall market. So Priceline's gonna make wider swings as the market goes up or down. Then if you look at something like D, which is Dominion Resources, that's a utility stock that does energy and electricity, that stock has a beta of 0.29. So you can see that utilities obviously are gonna be less volatile than say a technology or website or social media stock that's gonna be a little bit more volatile compared to the overall market. So those are a couple of good examples of how you can, you know, really look for and use beta. Now let's get into the next topic, which is beta weighting your portfolio. So what's really cool in this day and age is that you can take all of these different stocks that you have and you can weight all of those different stocks to a particular index or underlying security. So that means that you can kind of calculate what your overall beta is for your entire portfolio. And we call this beta weighting. So we're weighting each individual security based on its individual beta to some common denominator or common underlying asset. Now, again, most of the time we're gonna use the S&P 500, 
which is SPX, or you could use the smaller contract, which is SPY. It's just a smaller contract that you can trade, and it's good if you have a smaller account. So when you go into your portfolio screen, and again, in most broker platforms, you can do this in Thinkorswim. You can absolutely do this in your monitor tab. You can just go in and you should be able to beta weight your portfolio to some major index. So when I go in there right now, based on the positions that we have, and we've got about 15 to 18 positions that we have right now. If I don't beta weight the portfolio, I get all of the raw betas and deltas for all of my positions. So I can see that I'm about negative 180 deltas or, you know, if the market moves, I'm negative 180 deltas. But what does that even mean? Because that's that's just the raw data for each of these individual stocks. Each of these individual stocks is going to move with the S&P 500 a little bit different than they would individually. So now if I beta weight everything to the S&P, now I can see that I've got only about negative 23 deltas in my portfolio. Okay, so when I kind of weight everything to the actual market move, you can see that I'm just a little bit short the market here, and that's okay. I want to be short the market a little bit all the time. And so I'm a little bit short the market, but not as much as I would have thought had I not beta weighted my portfolio. Okay, so when you go in here and you beta weight your portfolio, it kind of neutralizes the impact of each of these individual securities and uses one common denominator to figure out if you're long or short in relation to that denominator. Now, I can use anything I want. I can use SPX, I can use SPY, uh, which is the smaller contract of the S&P. If you trade more of the NASDAQ securities, you can use the Qs, uh, which is QQQ. If you trade small caps, you can use IWM. You can really use anything you want and it will adjust the deltas of your portfolio to show you that beta weighting. So it's, so it's, so it's, impo it's important, important because having that damage, just that clarity in knowing if you're a little bit long or a little bit short can help you in figuring out what types of trades you need to add to your portfolio or at least what types of trades you shouldn't add. So this is where beta weighting your portfolio helps you become a smarter trader by making smarter decisions. Having this information, for example, if you have a beta weighted portfolio that's a little bit short the market like mine is in the example I just gave you, then that means that maybe we don't look for trades that are bearish right now, right? So we already have enough trades that are overall short the market. Maybe we don't look for any more of those types of trades. Maybe we look for more bullish type trades. And if there's no trades that are bullish that we like, then that means that we don't add a trade. And so sometimes having that ability to see a beta weighted portfolio actually prevents you from making bad decisions. Because if you didn't see this and maybe you added another bearish trade and another bearish trade and another bearish trade, now you've gotten yourself way, way, way tilted to one side and you really want to be as neutral as you can possibly be. So that's why portfolio baiting helps you make smarter decisions. It just makes you aware of which side of the market you're kind of leaning on so that you make sure that you kind of you know try to keep it as, as neutral as possible. Now, as a good rule of thumb, and this is just the way that I've always been taught, is that I want to keep my beta weighting of my positions to around a negative 30 to positive 30 delta. And what that means is that I'm going to be either a little bit short or a little bit long the market when it comes to beta weighting it to the S&P 500. So 
I want to be somewhere in between a negative 30 and a positive 30 delta. And that's just the kind of wheelhouse that I like to be in. So if I come in one day and my portfolio is a little bit too long and maybe I'm at a 50 delta or a 70 delta, then that particular day I'll go in and look for trades that will start to get a little bit more bearish on the market and start to bring down that delta into a more comfortable range. And it's not always going to happen perfectly because the market changes and deltas move. But again, it's just this whole idea that we just need to be aware of what we have in our portfolio and beta weighting allows us to do that. All right, so let's move on to the next topic, which is underlying asset correlations and how you can hedge with asset pairs. So this is a really, really cool topic and one that I really don't even hear a lot of people talk about. And I know that I get a lot of questions from members and from coaching students about hedging positions. And sometimes it's hard to hedge a position because it's gone so far in one direction, what our typical strategy might have been to hedge that position where we add a trade to the other side of the market may not work because there's just no liquidity in that in that stock anymore. So for example, uh, about two weeks ago, we had a lot of positions in oil, and as oil was heading down, we just didn't have an opportunity to add the other side of a lot of those trades because the premium had dried up in those stocks that we were trading really, really fast. So had we added another side to our trade, we just wouldn't have gotten the risk reward that kind of that position would warrant. So what you can actually do is go ahead and use different underlying assets that are correlated and beta weight your portfolio to that new targeted asset and figure out how much of that stock do I need to add or how much of it do I need to short so that it comes back and is reflected in the other positions that I have. So for example, let's take a look at an oil example that we were just talking about right now. We had a lot of oil positions in XOP, USO, and PBR. And again, a lot of those positions didn't have a lot of premium on the other side of the trade. So what we decided to do was to beta weight our portfolio to a stock called RIG, R-I-G. And RIG is in the same underlying industry and asset kind of class as PBR and USO and XOP. They're all oil related. So it's important that you notice here that we didn't use something that wasn't related to the positions that we were trying to hedge or to adjust. So we didn't use Facebook to hedge a position in oil. And likewise, you wouldn't use Priceline to hedge a position in some utility stock. So it's important that you use underlying assets that are mainly correlated. So a lot of the ETFs can do this for you. So if you have a lot of positions in, for example, the financial sector, you can use XLF as a way to hedge some of those positions because they're both underlying and uh, correlated assets. So in our oil example, again, we had short positions in XOP, USO, and PBR. Now, independent of each other, all of those positions had a delta of about 349. So as the market was heading lower, our delta started to really expand and we were getting really long oil because we needed it to rebound in order for us to make some money back. So what we decided to do was to beta weight our portfolio to find out, okay, if we want to use RIG, as our means to hedge these other three positions, 
what's the relationship between rig and these three positions on average, right? How many contracts or how many options do we need to sell in rig in order to really hedge the position that we have in those particular stocks? And so when we beta weighted our portfolio to rig, we found out that we needed to actually sell about 750 deltas of rig to manage those original 300 deltas, okay? So you can see that rig, actually you need to do a larger position in rig to actually manage some of the smaller positions. And so that's why it helps you. If the deltas were smaller when we beta weighted our portfolio, then that means that we could do less of a position in rig and it would have a greater impact on hedging the current oil positions that we have. Okay, so you can see that in this case, we used an underlying asset that was in the correlated industry, rig to hedge XOP and USO and PBR. And we beta weighted our portfolio to find out how many of rig positions we needed to hedge that current position that we had in the oil sector. So it's a really, really cool way to figure out exactly how much you need to do uh, to adjust your position. And I get the question all the time, you know, how much do I need to adjust? How, how do I need to do it? Where do I need to look? And this kind of helps solve that answer because if you can bring, you know, all of these different things together into one common denominator, then it makes your life so much easier to find out exactly what you need to do because you have one number that you're working towards. It's like taking all of these different fruits and kind of bringing apples and oranges and pears and making them all correlated to the same thing. So looking at apples to apples versus looking at all these different types of fruit that are, that's out there. So hopefully that makes sense. All right, so the last topic we wanna to get into here before the closing bell is this whole delta neutral fantasy that's out there. And so you probably heard, haven't heard anybody say it's a fantasy, but you probably hear the buzzword a lot of being delta neutral or beta neutral in your portfolio. And in concept, what that means is that you can make money regardless of where the market goes, right? And we all like that, that type of concept, right? We, we wanna make money regardless of where the market goes. But to be truly delta neutral, meaning completely neutral to the market move or beta neutral takes two things that most traders don't have. It takes a lot of capital to do it, and it takes constant adjusting of positions, probably a couple times throughout the day. And so again, it's either something that a lot of traders don't have, which is a lot of capital to manage that, or they don't wanna do a lot of trades throughout the day just to neutralize the deltas. Now, the reason I tell you that this is a complete fantasy, so you should work towards being as neutral as possible, but you will never get there on a constant basis. And the reason that you won't get there is because delta and beta is not a stagnant number. They're fluid numbers. So whenever you add a position that is neutral to the market, it's only neutral to the market at the exact time that you added the position. Because as soon as the market starts moving higher or starts moving lower, then your position starts to become more bearish or bullish based on where you need the market to move to make a profit. So for example, if you were to add an iron condor trade to any stock right now, you could add that trade right now and be completely neutral to the market move. You can add a 15 delta call spread and a 15 delta put spread 
below the market and you'll be completely neutral on either side with the stock trading right in the middle of your iron condor. But the second that you place that trade and the stock starts moving either up or down, your deltas are going to shift to reflect the new pricing in the market. So whereas you were delta neutral to begin with, you might start to get more long delta or more short delta as that stock moves. So you can see this whole idea of being completely delta neutral is a fantasy. It should be a target, but it won't ever be a destination because to be completely delta neutral requires constant monitoring and trading and adjusting of the positions, which most traders either can't do or don't want to do. But here's the thing, you don't need to be 100% neutral all the time. It's okay to be a little bit directional in your assumption of the market. I mean, that's why we like this market, right? That's why we like trading, because we want to be a little bit directional sometime and kind of bet in one sector or bet against one sector. But what we're trying to do here is just to make you aware of maybe if you go too far in betting one direction or another. So if you bet too much in one direction, maybe it's time to start, you know, kind of tapering that back just a little bit and start, you know, kind of maybe betting on the other direction just to stay as neutral as possible. So delta neutral is a fantasy, but you can achieve a kind of variance of delta neutral and kind of broad based, but you won't ever be 100% delta, delta neutral or beta neutral. So don't keep trying to do it. The last tip that I'll have for you guys when you talk about adding and adjusting positions is don't try to adjust everything back to neutral all the time. So one of the things that I see a lot is with new traders is that if a position goes against them, they try to adjust that position back to completely neutral. And by doing that, they do get neutral on that particular market move, but then what happens if the market moves the other way or continues to move? And so what they find is that they constantly are trying to chase the market every single direction. I think one of the biggest tips I can give you is to hedge slowly and hedge in kind of mechanical steps. So hedge 10% of your position. Don't feel like you need to hedge or adjust 100% of it all the time. So you can do it in mechanical steps. You do 10%. And then maybe if the market keeps moving against you, you do another 10% and another 10% and another 10% and keep working your way up. It doesn't have to be something that is hot or cold, meaning you put it on or you take it off. You can slowly work into a hedge or an adjustment. You don't have to do it all at once. All right, so let's take a look in the closing bell here at a, a really good example with IWM. Now. The Closing Bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so in today's Closing Bell, I want to take a look at a possible hedge that we might use IWM for, and kind of looking at IWM, to hedge two of our other positions that we have, or three of our other positions that we have in the other major indexes. Okay, so this is gonna be a little bit more in depth, but hey, I wanna challenge you guys. This is what this podcast is about, is about challenging you with new ideas and new trades. And we're gonna look at everything here uh, together on the podcast and you can go back to your broker platform and kind of put in all this data later on. But we currently have three positions in the other major indexes, which is the Q's, QQQ, and DIA, which is the diamonds, and then SPY. Now in DIA and SPY, currently we have an iron condor in both of those, but 
we are starting to get a little bit more negative delta because the market's moving up against our position. So those positions, although they were originally delta neutral when we entered the trade, as the market has gone up in DIA and SPY, those positions start to require the market to go back down for us to profit. So they are now getting a little bit de negative delta to, their to the portfolio. Likewise, with our Q position, which was originally a call credit spread above the market, as the market's moving against that side of our trade, that particular credit spread is getting more negative deltas. So it's starting to get really, really negative delta and starting to require, again, a market to move down for us to profit. So you can see we're starting to get a little bit one-sided with a couple of these trades as the market's moving higher we need more of a move lower and lower. So what we want to do today is look at making a possible trade in IWM as a way to hedge those three positions at one time. So one trade in IWM, again, as a way to hedge or start hedging those three positions that we have uh, at one time. And so the way that we're going to do it is we're going to find out what the beta weighted deltas of those three positions are as it relates to IWM. Because each of those positions have their own deltas right now, but I wanna relate everything to IWM so I can compare apples to apples. Now, when I go into my broker platform and I put in IWM to beta weight those positions, I find out that those positions have a beta weighted negative delta of about, where's the, the last one here, of about 28. Okay, so as it relates to IWM, I'm negative about 28 deltas in those three positions together. So if I'm negative 28 deltas, I would want to look for a trade that starts to reduce my negative deltas by adding a trade that has some positive delta to the portfolio. Now again, my whole position as it relates to IWM is negative 28 deltas. So that doesn't mean that I need to go in and hedge all 28 deltas, right? I don't need to, you know, kind of hedge the entire position right now. I can do, you know, maybe a quarter of the position or I can do, you know, maybe half of the position. Now I don't have to do everything all at once. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to hedge about seven deltas. That's going to be my target, which is about a quarter of the position. So I don't want to completely, you know, hedge everything. I want to do about a quarter of the position right now and just, you know, start to hedge this in case the market does continue to move higher. Now what I'll do is I'll go in here to IWM and I want to hedge it with a credit put spread. So I want to use the same type of strategy that we currently have uh, basically in the other ones, which is iron condors and call spreads. So I want to add a credit put spread to my position in IWM. And so I just go into my broker platform and I go down and, and make sure that I'm looking at all of the credit put spreads. And I'm just actually analyzing this live for you guys right now. So I just have to bring this up. And I'm looking at January options and I want to look for something that's got a pretty good delta for around seven or so between the two strikes. So in this case, I'm going to look at doing the 117.116 credit put spread below the market, which is actually perfect because that one credit put spread gives me about five and a half deltas for just one contract. So I'll do the 117.116 credit put spread below the market, 
Again, most of my positions in the other indexes are above the market. I've got two iron condors, but the one call spread above the market. So I'm going to add this put spread below the market and the beta or the deltas of this one put spread is positive 530. So right now, and it's changing every second as we're kind of going through this podcast, but right now the positive deltas of this position is 530. So that's going to help. My target was about seven deltas. If I can get 5.3 deltas on one trade, I'll probably just do one contract. If I wanted to hedge more of this position, I could do two of these credit put spreads and get about 10 and a half deltas in my, my portfolio. So that would kind of neutralize almost half of the position that we have. So it just depends on how you want to do it. I'm definitely a fan of of hedging a little bit um, smaller and sooner and kind of working my way into it. But you can definitely do as much as you need to to kind of neutralize the position if it's really hurting you. So that's a really good example of how we're actually using it. This is live data today and, and where the market is, where our exact deltas and portfolio is. So this is a trade that we'll likely place an order for right now and have it working and it might go out as an alert to our members. So that's a really good example of how we can use beta weighting and underlying asset correlations in our portfolio to make smarter, smarter decisions. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope that you guys enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. And as always, you can find additional show comments and any mentioned links or videos that we talked about by going to optionalpha.com show 13. Again, that's optionalpha.com show 13. And until next time, happy trading.